Hey everyone, and welcome in to the Shy State Pod. We got a February going on March edition. I love February going on March because it's like that pre-conference tournament, pre-March badness. So in the world of basketball, pretty fun. And we got things cooking here at Chicago State. And I'm Sam Brief with you, as always, on the Shy State Pop. So today, in the spirit of basketball, we kick it to one of the freshman ballers on Coach Gerald Gillian's inaugural squad, and that's someone who really burst onto the scene early in the year and established a reputation as what he calls a walking bucket. Bryce Johnson is a freshman guard on the men's basketball squad at Chicago State, coming from first Yakima, Washington, all the way in the Pacific Northwest, then San Antonio, and then Orlando. So he's taken quite a path and then looping back up to the Midwest for his first D1 season at Chicago State. Now, when I say Bryce really burst onto the scene, and we get into this on the pod, he burst onto the scene in one minute in his second college game, a legendary minute, the Bryce Johnson minute on November 12th against SIUE. So we dive into that. And if you're unfamiliar with the Bryce Johnson minute, you'll learn what that is. So Bryce is a wonderful guy, really fun to talk to, and we chop it up in this episode. And before we kick it to Bryce, a reminder that our partners at BSN Sports are the largest providers of team sports equipment and apparel in the country. And they'd like to thank all the coaches out there who truly are the heart of the game. While BSN Sports is the best at equipping athletes, coaches are the best at equipping lives. And that's the real final score. So, learn more about how BSN Sports can save you time off the field by giving you more time to impact lives on it. Just call your local BSN Sports sales pro or visit bsnsports.com today. And now, it's Bryce Johnson. What's the state of Bryce in your mind? I'm ready. Just staying locked in, staying in the gym, and just ready for everything. What does locked in look like for you? I mean, every player's got their own practice routine. You're a lifelong shooter, also a high flyer. But I'm just curious, like, what's that locked in routine like? Just like staying on top of everything on and off the court, making sure that you like, you know, got everything going. Like from off the court, of course, you got class and stuff. And on the court, just staying in the gym, getting your shots up, getting the work in the weight room, watching film on the other team and just preparing for for everything. What surprised you the most about the gauntlet of college basketball? Definitely the speed of the game. It's just like crazy. Like my first game out there it was just like, like up and forth, back and forth. And then of course, like the size and the strength of the opponents is like a big difference. So what does that do for you? Like, l- l- let's start on the speed. I mean, I'm thinking about, you know, let's pick something random in day-to-day life. Like if suddenly I hop on 94 to drive down to campus and instead of the average car going 70, the average car is going like 120, (laughs) I'd be scared out of my mind. So take me back to that first game against St. Thomas. How'd you adjust to that? Well, it was it was it wasn't that big of a, it wasn't that much, but like it wasn't one twenty. It was like maybe ninety. <laughs> yeah, like definitely, it caught me off guard. But it was a it was a it was it was easy to adjust to, especially like of how we play. We like to slow it down, 
slow the pace down, get into our offensive setup and stuff, and just slow the game down. So, you know, it was easy to adjust to. But, yeah, it was definitely a big adjustment. Yeah, this is such a fun team to watch because of that, like, beat the you-know-what-out-of-you style. Like, that's how you win games, right? I I think back especially to some of those early non-con games, right? The SIUE win, the Tennessee State win. It was just like, all right, in the second half, we're going to play molasses slow. We're going to beat you to a pulp, and you're not going to score, and thus we are going to win Yes. Let's go back. Speaking of that SIUE game, Bryce, that was game two of the season, which for you mm-hmm. was game two of playing college basketball. On the broadcast, we penned this the Bryce Johnson minute because yeah. it really it was the game changing minute in the second half against SIUE where you scored 12 points in a minute. You just exploded. What do you yeah. remember about that? Man, I just remember my coach telling me in the locker room, just saying, like, hey, like, we need you to score. Like, because, you know, of course, it was like just nerves getting me because, you know, first game, well, second game at the Division One level, it was, you know, kind of nerve wracking. Then my coach talked to me, told him that he needs me to score. And then come out of halftime, I saw the ball going once. And, like, you know, that's all I needed to get going. So I saw that. I saw my first shot going. And I was like, hey, we good now. Yeah, and then you end up getting the win. What did you feel like going to bed that night? I felt great. I slept good that night. <laughs> it was just knowing that like my nerves are out the way and that like I'm like I'm like that I've adjusted now and that it's all good. Like it was slept pretty good that night. I'm curious what your family said after that one, and also just what's the relationship like with your family? Like, do you call them after games? I mean, you're, you're one of the many guys who's coming here from Florida. So your family's mm. not down the street. Nah. Yeah. I called them after, I called them after every game, you know, my stepdad be telling me don't get too high on your highs and too low on your lows. And that's also something coach G tells me, you know, just to stay focused and, you know, keep working and just don't let up. But yeah, they're big supporters and, I call them after every game, you know, give me uh, advice on stuff I should do. So, you know. How seriously do you take the advice? Um, (laughs) You got to pick and choose with parental advice sometimes. Um, Yeah. So so as much as I like, as much as I like, don't want to hear it, I I still got to, you know, take it in and just, especially my stepdad being a ball player growing up, you know, as much as I hate to hear it, <laughs> you know, got to take it and just, you know, use it, you know, because he's been there. So tell me about your stepdad, Benny Tate. Oh, well, what about him? Like, what do you want to know? Well, for, for some of the audience, you might not know his background in basketball. Like, why do you trust his his advice? Oh, because, you know, I, he he was he has a lot of experience growing up. And because we met we met my stepdad in Texas and he's the reason I uh, started even playing basketball because my parents divorced. He put he um, I started playing basketball. He was he's trained me my whole he was my trainer my whole life. So, you know, he got me to where I am. So, you know, he got without him, I wouldn't be nowhere where I am. So. No. And like after every every even to this day, he just gives me advice and, you know, I listen to it and it just works out. So, you know, everything he's told me growing up, you know, it's just been very useful. So 
so he's the reason you started playing basketball. What did that look like? How old were you? I was five. So I was yeah, five. Yeah, five years old. Started playing, you know, started working out with him, and I just fell in love with it then. So now you're a division one athlete. So I, I love asking this. Any D one athlete, pro athlete, there's gotta be a moment. Guys like me didn't have it, but a moment where you go from playing the game to being like, oh, okay, like I'm I'm very good at this, right? I can do this in college. I can do this as a pro. For you, do you remember when that moment was? When was like like what moment? Like Damn, I'm really good at basketball. I can <laughs> keep playing for a while. <laughs> I can go to college to do this. Um you mean like in high school when I was like I'm good at basketball? Like, yeah, when was it? Just it could have been earlier. Oh, oh, when I mean, was it? yeah, um, probably like, uh, I, yeah, I probably say high school, my senior year, like you know, transferring to Osmar and then like averaging you know twenty on the highest level and then all that. I was like, like I don't know. That's just like what I realized. Like I'm really like I'm good. Like. And then especially when I picked up the offer, I was like, all right, that's all I need it right there. So, what do you remember was, about getting the offer? Uh, I was, where was I? I think I was in Atlanta after uh, AAU tournament. And Coach G called me and offered me. It was like, uh, it was like a relief, especially with the uh, everything going on with COVID and um, the transfer portal and everybody getting a year back. And then when Coach G offered me after that, it was just the greatest feeling ever. I just felt like, you know, relieved. So. So Coach G calls you. He says, hey, I want you to come to Chicago State, join this program that I'm taking over, right? You knew the history, the recent history of Chicago State. You Mm -hmm. had never lived in Chicago before. He is a first-year head coach. And I would understand why there were some question marks for you. But at the same time, right, it's Division One basketball in the city of Chicago. And I know that you saw early on the perks, right? You get to be in Chicago. You won your first two games. You get to be a part of this growing, blossoming program. Take me through the mental process of why you decided to come to Chicago State. Oh, man. Um... You know, just made like like you said, hearing about the history and stuff, and hearing that like you know a fresh start with Coach G, and just like being able to be a part of history and just like turn the program around. You know, it really caught my attention. You know, I was like, hey, I want to do some because you know, of course, everybody else they want to go high major or whatever. But you know, like what I was thinking, I was like, hey, why not take this program and help turn it around? Fresh start, be part of history. Like you know, I want to be that. I want to be that team where people think of Chicago State. I want to think. I want them to think of our team, like you know. So, that definitely was like the reason why I came. What's your favorite part about being in Chicago? Not the weather. I'd say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're coming from Florida and Texas before then, so I feel bad for you. Man, it's crazy, um, isn't it? Best... I've been here my whole life. It's still crazy. Man, but my favorite part about it. Besides basketball, I probably the food's good. You know the, the probably the food and the people. Like people Ooh. are real cool out here. 
Oh, let I love talking food. I mean, anyone who has ever done any sort of interview with me at any level in any context knows if you mention food, we're going to spend five minutes on it. So tell me <laughs> best meal you've had in Chicago. Oh, man. Oh, had a couple. Um, I like Gino's East pizza. Yes. Gino's East. That's really good. Um, what do you order? I order the Chicago style um, meat lovers. Welcome to Chicago. That's a guy <laughs> who's adjusting very well to living in Chicago, right? Yeah, I'm going to show up, go to Gino's East and get the Chicago style meat lovers. I love it, Bryce. What else? What? Um, Sharks is really good. Harold's is good. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Giordano's is also good. I'll give him that. I like Gino's better though, but Giordano's is good. Um, what else is there? Um, yeah, you got I the good pizza. Good. You got the good chicken. Oh yeah, definitely being around raisin canes. That that's good. <laughs> All right, I'm um, liking it. You're. You're, you're adjusting well from a food perspective as someone who's lived in Chicago my whole life. Definitely. Thumbs up on that. Thumbs up <laughs> on that. Uh, Bryce, yeah. your freshman season has been really interesting because you had to take a month off because of the ankle injury. Can you take me back to the day you heard it and what you remember about that? Oh, man, it was against Bowling Green. Um, I went up for a layup and just landed on my foot real wrong. And I just, you know, I don't know. It was kind of like a blur out there. because It was kind of blur after that because it was just, I don't know. I went up for a layup, landed on it real wrong, and then, you know, got up, shot my free throws, and then was out, you know, being told not I wasn't going to be able to put back in the game kind of sucked and then like we flew coming back to campus oh we drove back to campus because Bowling Green was like a two-hour driver thing something like that then I had to get that boot on it was just man it's just crazy what do you remember about the diagnosis was it officially a fracture right away how did that go down uh yeah they said it was a fracture and then I had like chip bones in my foot so like it really wasn't even like the ankle sprain part. The ankle, uh, the ankle sprain that went away pretty fast. But it was just like the chip bones in my foot that was keeping me out. So that, that grosses me out. I don't know about you, like to think about like bone, little pieces of bone running around yeah, your just, foot. Right, just floating in my foot. Didn't like the idea of that. So I saw you pretty early on when you guys got back. That was like right after Thanksgiving break. That game was on November 28th at Bowling Green. And I saw you in the boot. You're sitting at the scorer's table at practice. And, you know, you go from being someone who's in the regular rotation to you're sitting there at practice and you're doing the clock. And, uh, you know, it's just a total 180. Meanwhile, you're just a month into your freshman season. What was that like mentally? Um, it was, uh, it was hard. Can't even lie. Cause you know, being out there, you know, working the clock, watching your team, knowing you should, you could be out there helping them. It just sucks. But, you know, coach was coach and my family just telling me to stay positive, you know, be the best teammate you could be. And then just to, you know, keep doing my therapy so I get back soon. But yeah, it was definitely hard. Definitely. 
what was it like being back? You made your return and you really hit the ground running. I remember 29 minutes in your first game against Seattle. That was on January 6th, score 10 points. You came back. You really did. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was like, on a, I just, it was like the greatest thing ever being back, you know, playing the sport that I love being with my brothers out there. It was great. What, what, what's been the highlight of the season for you? Probably, probably the, for them first two wins, you know, you know, them first two wins, you know, having them being the first wins in the school and years and stuff, you know, just felt great doing that. And then our conference wins. So you went on the road and got a road conference win early in January, right? That was the game against Lamar. The, the road warrior mindset is something that I always love in sports, right? When you have a team coming on the road, you know, student section, and, and you just you just ball, right? What was that road conference win like for you? Um, it was definitely – you said the one against Lamar? Yeah. Oh, it was great, you know, especially because, you know – That was a convincing win. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, I have time. I think, I don't know if it was down or if it was tied, but yeah, we got our stuff together. And, you know, coming into the second half, they didn't score for like nine minutes, came back and just fought, and we won. It was just like, you know, it was great. You know, just winning in general is just like, you know, a great feeling. So definitely love that. You know what else is a great feeling and a great thing to win is dunk contests. And you've now done that <laughs> twice. Let's start with the more recent one. I was there, Midnight Madness, early November at Chicago State, and you won the dunk contest. You were a high flyer. Take me through that night. What did it feel like? Man, I can't even. It, it, it felt crazy, especially, you know, being able to showcase that in front of a lot of people at Midnight Madness. It was just, like, great. When I hit the last dunk, knowing I won, it was, like, great because, you know, it was Man. How do you practice for a dunk contest? Because you don't want to get hurt. Like, you, you don't want to invest too much time in it, right? Because you want to stay true to your actual basketball practice. So, how, like, how do you do that? Man. Oh, yeah. Me and Aunt, uh, the night before, when they was, like, setting up and stuff, the, like, the lights and the fireworks, we was preparing, like, practicing a couple of dunks, testing what we was going to do and all that but like nothing crazy though just a couple attempts to see if like we're able to do it and then yeah this is good timing because we're talking just a couple nights after ob Toppin won the nba dunk contest but i'm curious if you have any dunk contest inspirations old clips you watch to get ready uh, i like i like vince carter vince, vince carter can't go wrong definitely vince carter Vince Carter I think or, of him or in that oh, old Raptor, right? In that purple Raptors uniform. Yes, oh, I already, man. I already know. Either him or probably the dunk contest between Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon a couple years ago. That one was crazy. A classic. Yeah. Didn't Levine get duped in that one? No, no, that was Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon got duped in that one. Right. Yeah. I know that I know that one's controversial. Yeah. Well, you you were the champion at Chicago State. You were also champion in a high school dunk contest. Where and when was that one? 
Uh, that was after the season. Yeah, it was after the season. It was like the senior all-star game, all-star showcase. It was in Orlando, Florida. And, yeah, we just had a dunk contest, three-point contest, and an all-star game then. So, like, you're a high flyer. You know, you don't win two dunk contests without being really athletic, good hops. But also, you're a shooter. You know, we people like me who are on air broadcasting are always trying to find words to use to come up to, to describe different players, right? Mm-hmm. How, how would you describe Bryce Johnson? What type of player is he? I'd probably say just like a scorer. Mm-hmm. A scorer and then like, you know, yeah, scorer and then just like a hard worker, you know. I'm going to do every, anything I can to help my teammate team win if it's like going to get a rebound, going in. Like anything, like so. Yeah, what do definitely. You, yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. What 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 do you still need to improve the most? Improve, probably. Hmm, probably, I'd probably say handling the ball more, and yeah, just staying consistent. Handling the ball more and staying consistent. Mm-hmm. You admittedly have been a little up and down at times, right? I mean, just you've had games like that Bryce Johnson minute game where you score mm-hmm. in double figures, 24 points at Pacific. Um, but then, and th- a lot of this is because the rotations have been so different this year, but you've had games where you're scoring a lot less. How difficult is it for someone who's a scorer to find those other ways to contribute? You mentioned rebounding, defense, uh, how difficult is it to find those other ways when it's not one of those nights for you? Uh, I would. Uh, it's not that difficult because you know if I don't mm-hmm. see my shot falling, then of course I'm gonna have to do other stuff to help my team win. Or of course, you know, you're gonna sit. So you know, if it's not scoring, then I'll go get a offensive, defensive rebounds, go assist the ball, go play defense. So yeah, if I don't see the ball going in, I'm, I got to do other stuff to help my team win. And you're right. If if not, your coaches are going to put you on the bench. Tell me about playing. You already talked about the first phone call with Coach Gillian. What strikes you most about playing for Coach Gillian? Yeah, I love it. He's a great guy. You know, he's always pushing me to do my best and work hard and just, you know, making sure I'm staying in the gym and stuff. He's a high-energy coach. So, you know, like, once you see him going, you know, like, get you going and stuff. So, it's definitely great playing for him. If you could describe him in three words, what words would you use? Passionate, energetic, and hardworking. While we're on the words, what about you? Three words to describe Bryce Johnson. Ooh, on the court. You pick. I'll go on the court. Um. <laughs> Uh, hey, that's hard. Probably. Hey, that's a hard question. I don't even know. I don't even know how it describes it. Probably calm. Um, I can't even think of that right now. <laughs> calm. Um, hard working and. Uh, what else would I say? 
a bucket. I'll say a bucket. <laughs> a bucket. I like it. I like it. A bucket. That reminds me of JJ Harris when I asked him, <laughs> why do you wear number zero? Because I've always had a thing against number zero. I'm like, come on, that's not a number. But it's his number. And he's like, yeah, I wear number zero because that's the number of people who can guard me. Love it. <laughs> yeah. We're talking here to Bryce Johnson, a walking bucket on the shy state pod. Uh, Bryce, who's your best friend on the team? My twin, Deshaun Corbett. You guys <laughs> really do look alike. Do, do you live together? How, how, how'd you get close? Yeah, yeah, we roommates. Who has better hair? You know the answer to that. Come on. <laughs> me. <laughs> Take me behind the scenes of your haircut and why you made the decision to go from full afro to like lowercase a afro. <laughs> um, I don't know. I was in my I was in my dorm and I was like, yo, not dorm. I was on the court and, you know, my hair just kept on getting my eyes and it just kept on like, you know, and I was always like messing with my hair and stuff. And I was like, you know kind of miss my hairline and be able to see my fade and my hairline and stuff and just looking more neat. <laughs> and so, you know, I called uh, Jazz from the girls basketball team and, you know, she was able to cut my hair. So, you know, I just made it happen. Jazz cut your hair. Jazz Covington. Yes, sir. Wow. That's excellent synergy between the programs. Man. How much, how often do you hang out with the, the women's basketball team? Mm, not that much really unless i like see them in the gym and then mm -hmm. stuff but not much or really. they're cutting your hair or them yeah or that <laughs> that is awesome bryce that's totally awesome hey i want to finish out with some lightning round questions here get to know you a little better all right you all ready right. yes sir all right scale of one to ten how good of a cook are you <laughs> ten ten <laughs> yeah Okay, what do you cook? What's the specialty? Chicken Alfredo. All right. Wow. Bryce Johnson, Chicken Alfredo, a 10 out of 10. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll let someone else be the judge of that. Do you <laughs> snore? No. I'm a peaceful sleeper. I like that. What's the place in the world that you most want to travel? Texas. If you could visit any other planet right now, other than Earth, what would it be? Uh, Pluto. Pluto. That's really far. That's going to take you a while. You might be out of your athletic prime by the time you come back. What's Man. your favorite junk food? Favorite junk food? Like a, like a fast food or like... Um... Snack. Let's go snack. Oh, snack? Um... Probably cosmic brownies. Cosmic brownies. Every lunch I had as a child had cosmic brownies. I'm so into that. Man, I'm so them. into that. I just want to devour some cosmic brownies with you now. Okay, Bryce, uh, we're going to keep rolling here. For a superpower, would you rather be invisible or have super strength on the basketball court? What helps you more? Invisible. Invisible. No, yeah. no, no, no. I lied. Super strength. Super, Super strength. strength. Okay. Okay. I. It's interesting. It, it's sort of a toss up. I've heard. I, I think you can make a good case for both, but we'll go with super strength for you. Um, do you drink coffee? No. And finally, what's your pregame superstition? What's that? 
like any weird traditions you have anything you need to do before a game oh uh i say i say a prayer with my mom on the phone no nah, she'll send me a prayer uh through my phone she'll, she'll text me a prayer and like a motivational speech oh. before my game my stepdad will text me before the game and then like i'll pray oh that's fantastic bryce but we'll end on that note thanks for taking me behind the scenes of bryce johnson so uh, the pregame prayer you're going to be super strong and i'll see you later because you're off to pluto you better you better get <laughs> no, there quick <laughs> no doubt <laughs> all right that's bryce johnson on the shy state pod bryce appreciate you man thanks for having me sam back here in the studio with you i'm sam brief and appreciate you joining for the bryce johnson podcast that was a lot of fun and I'll say, full disclosure, after the podcast, we spent a couple minutes debating the whole invisibility or super strength thing, because I was saying now, like, you can't possibly stop a guy who's invisible, but then Bryce brought up the point that the ball wouldn't be invisible, so I guess you could still swipe a steal. Anyway, something to chew on as we go down the wire with Chicago State basketball. Big week of conference action, both for the men's squad and the women's squad. And then we've got the WAC tournament starting on March 8th at the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. So Chicago to Sin City to close out WAC action. Anyway, this has been the Shy State Pod. Appreciate you joining. As always, I'm your host and producer, Sam Brief, wishing you a wonderful week, and we'll talk next time. Adios from Chicago. Chicago.